another episode of A Woman's Worth with Rashanda White. A woman's worth is being informed. A woman's worth is being educated. A woman's worth is being aware. A woman's worth is knowing how to prevent disease and have optimal health. Today we have Karen Carr Turner, Education Outreach, Outreach Coordinator with Medical Advocacy Outreach with us today. And she's gonna talk about African-American women and the criminal justice, criminal justice system. Thank you, Karen. Welcome to the show, Karen. How are Thank you today? Thank you so much for having me. I am doing well, doing well. Excited to be here. We are glad to have you here and we're glad to talk about, to have you here to talk about such an important topic that um, is affecting African-American women here in more in Alabama and across the nation. And if we see in the media, we see more and more talks about criminal justice system as it relates to African-American males and African-American women. Because we saw how we looked at, you know, Sarah Bland, what happened to her is, is when she was in, in, in the criminal justice system. So, and I'm glad you, you come in today to share your time and talk to us about this, this very important topic. So Karen, tell us about, about you and what you do in your role at uh, MAO. Okay. So I work here in medical advocacy and outreach here in Montgomery, and we care for individuals who are HIV positive, and we work to make sure that the whole person is taken care of. We have a clinical and a non-clinical uh, side to our agency, and I just happen to work on the non-clinical side, and I, my primary responsibility is to reach out in the community and provide information resources and promote awareness on not just HIV and AIDS, but on sexual health and positive relationships and, and promoting uh, healthy behaviors. So I go out to churches, schools, uh, any community or other civic organizations, we set up tables, uh, we provide pamphlets, we provide risk reduction supplies, and I also do um, HIV testing. And in addition to that, I do go out to the prisons uh, here in Alabama. I recent, well, of course, since COVID, uh, we'll be just getting back started, but I used to go out to Bullock County, which is a male's facility, Kilby and Julia Tutwiler Prison, which is the woman's facility here in Alabama in Elmore County. Okay, thank you for sharing that. And tell us about some of the educational programs that you provide for the women at Tutwiler. Okay, so my primary responsibility when I go out there is to talk to them, the women who are in the pre-release program. And I would just, just like to share that I am a person of lived experience. And I did spend some time at Julia Tutwiler Prison. I have been home now for about 17 years. In June, that was my 17 year anniversary. So when I talk about women who are incarcerated, I'm very passionate about it and very passionate about people helping. And I was blessed to be able to work for an organization called Aid to Inmate Mothers. Uh, and I worked for them from 2006 up until 2013. So when I'm speaking about women and re-entry, it's from uh, personal and, and professional experience as well. So when I go to Tutwiler and I talk with uh, women, we're talking about uh, promoting positive sexual health and positive relationships, 
post-incarceration. That is my primary goal. Uh, we also talk about family dynamics and, and such, but my goal is to uh, help the women build confidence in themselves. Because we all know the reality is, is that when you're away from your family, you lose those ties. You know, women, we are nurturers uh, by birth. That's just who we are. And, uh, and thinking about sex and, and having sex is just a normal, natural part of our lives. So for a person that has been, uh, you know, I tell the ladies, and I just keep it real on the show, I don't care how saved, sanctified, and set free we are, we all have that, that feeling to have a companion and to have a relationship again. So I'm really talking to them about uh, making that happen in a positive way and to focus on intimacy and love and knowing your person, who you are, and not just jumping out to reach out to the first person that sees you because you're in a vulnerable state once you're released. Yeah, very important. I'm, I'm, I want to say thank you for sharing your experience. And you are a, I guess, a testimony for, as some of us would say, as to a person that was in that and in, had that experience and have come out and have been able to do positive things and put yourself on a on a track to positive to a positive positive healthy life i mean it's amazing and so and i'm sure when you do go and talk to women in back in at while they look at you and say if you did it i can do it and what's the plan how did you make that happen so i just want to say it's amazing i just want to applaud you i mean wow it's amazing and just for what you're doing and um, how you, you know, you said 17 years ago and you got out and you, you know, did these things and look at you now and how going back in there and, and talking to women and just having that passion to go back. And I mean, I can imagine the work, you, you know, work that you do every day and you're doing something that you love and enjoy doing and talking to the ladies and, you know, sharing information and um, education and raising awareness and informing them on how to live a healthy life and um, to keep moving and not to, you know, and, you know, we talk about, you know, a lot, a lot of, um, as we talk about women and in um, criminal justice system, how recidivism is really high for some particular, um, certain groups. So how you could combat that. So, so Karen, talk about re-entry because that's something you had to do, re-entry right. the process. Talk, talk to our listeners about that. So, you know, that that my having been incarcerated uh, is a great uh, asset because it's one of those things where I can really feel like I know what I'm talking about and can really right. understand. And so I can remember coming home, I left from work release. So I had, I think, 16 pieces of clothing. You can have eight tops and eight bottoms. And I um, just remember uh, small things that people don't think about is, uh, you know, we didn't eat with forks. So trying to remember not to just get a spoon and eat. Uh, but in, I think one of the toughest decisions for me, so which I understand our children and relationships is one, I had four kids and they were all with four different family members so that the burden would be on one person. And we as women, um, we, we love our children in spite of what someone may think while we live the life we live, but we just want to have our kids back. Um, we want to have our relationship back. Uh, there also was something that happened to me. Uh, I had a hysterectomy, 
while I was incarcerated. And so I was thinking, okay, so what about if I meet someone that wants to have children and I can't, plus the fact that I've been incarcerated. So, you know, there's that internal stigma that, that you're looking at. So women deal with a lot of things. I, I think if I had to put uh, the number one thing on the top of the list, it would be uh, children, their children and second relationships. And, and that's one of the things that I have personally witnessed why a lot of women go back uh, because they are one trying to uh, go back into a relationship too soon uh, and or try to get their kids back too soon. Okay, okay, okay. So when you say um, about the family dynamics mm -hmm. and um, when you, when the one, when the particularly women coming out, you know, they want to go back and, you know, start that, you know, get their children back and start, you know, to live, you know, again, with their, yeah, with their student, I mean, with their kids, I'm sorry. Right. And so you said that could be a birth, it could be hard for some women to do that and it could cause them definitely. to go back. Okay. Right. Most definitely. So, um, and just, I want everybody that's listening to be clear. Um, this is not a statistic that I read or that was published. Um, this is uh, purely based on my experience in working with women post-release in Alabama and looking at uh, Caucasian women and African-American women, um, looking at their support systems as uh, it differently. Um, uh, African-American women don't seemingly have the same level of family support and or financial support. So when you look at, I was blessed and I was fortunate, but didn't always see this in working with the women. I had families who said, hey, uh, you don't have to get your children back now, but if you can look at another woman that has four children or look at the age difference um, and she has to, and she's forced, to get all of her kids back because they were being cared for by elderly parent or elderly grandparent. She is looking at, okay, so how can I take care of my kids? Which then this can impact how they deal with relationships because they may go back to that person that they were in an abusive relationship or to that person that was selling drugs because they need to care for. So they may not be experiencing the best healthy relationship. So that could put them at higher risk for, um, for STDs mm -hmm. or acquisition of uh, HIV or just put them back in situations that were not healthy for them. And it can cause them to trickle back down to that previous pathway to prison. So what I'm hearing you say is that particularly African-American women need more support when they come out a lot of support from families or organizations, community to, to make sure they stay um, or they don't repeat the cycle. Right. So that's, is that like you see a gap in something, a gap that we have in our community that we need more resources? Um, would it be financial, you know, just individuals to assist with certain things with the kids, you know? So it appears based on what I'm hearing, is that was? Do you agree with that? I, I definitely do. Also, too, you have to consider too that uh, women pathways to prison are very different from men, and their needs uh, upon release are very different from from men. So, okay. when we talk about their pathways to you know prison, we look at women who've experienced past trauma 
It could be from sexual abuse, uh, domestic violence, uh, which could account for uh, them having a violent crime, which led them to prison. Um, we have seen women that have a lot of property crimes, theft, because they're trying to escape poverty and trying to care you know, for their children. So when you look at women pathways to prison, uh, well, when you look at when they're getting out, you have to also look at how they got there. Okay. So, okay. and then men, when you look at men, it, it's easier for a man, one person to go back into a home with someone mm -hmm. who had, they had the previous relationship versus a woman who is getting out and being forced to get her two, three or four children and finding somewhere to stay. Right. Uh, with with those children so that could that can play a big part in what happens post-release and so then when you look at a woman who is positive living with HIV that can just exacerbate the system uh, they may have they may have not known they were HIV positive until they were actually incarcerated and test was done at intake so they may have been incarcerated trying to come to terms with this chronic illness. And then once they get out, you know, how am I gonna manage? Who am I gonna tell? Nobody knows. So you have all of these different emotional uh, things that that woman has to deal with in addition to trying to go back and I need to support my family. I need to be the head of this household. How is this gonna happen? Right, and so with that said, very interesting topic, very interesting information you share with our listeners. And for me as well, um, when you talk about the, the issues some African-American women face when they post-release and how the need for support is there. And so our, as we talk, this is a community community show. And right. what resources are, because we, you know, are available for women um, and, um, that they can link up to if they have those needs. That so, maybe a safe place for women. Well, you know, they're going to be. Uh, there's a multitude of resources of community resources, but it, we are a community program, and right. so what I would encourage those people because I hear people all the time saying, "Well, I want to start a nonprofit, or I want to do this, or I want to do that," but you know, as we look more toward uh, trauma-informed care and gender-responsive care and programs, that um, these programs that provide support have to be able to look at uh, women in a sense different from, from men and need to create programs and opportunities that, that promote a seamless transition. Okay. So, and, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not stuck. I'm just trying to make sure I get the right words out. Yeah, no, no worries. You're fine. I never want to offend anyone, but again, like I said, I'm just a straight shooter. You know, right. so we have, um, you know, in Alabama, we got a church on every corner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as my pastor will say, sometimes people need more than just a Bible and prayer. You know, they, they need resources. And so when when people come into our offices, it's, it's just like, um, you know, people will pour their heart out to you. If you're in social services, you know that it only takes five minutes for you to uh, learn someone's whole life story. Right. And at, at that time, and, and what I try to get people to do is that it's okay to start asking them questions because, we, you know, we're looking at the whole person. And sometimes we don't realize how 
uh, poor relationships and poor sexual health can impact a person's uh, daily living. I have just happened to set up a table at a job fair yesterday. It was a second chance job fair. And so, you know, people were looking, okay, so why are they here with condoms and, and information on HIV AIDS? Well, guess what? Because we don't want you missing any time off of this new job because you have to go to a clinic appointment because you think you may have an STI. Right. So, you know, I, I try to translate everything I do, you know, into the into a, a, a bigger purpose. So a lot of times there's time for intervention. Uh, for example, I asked a gentleman, he said, oh, I don't need any of this. I'm married. I said, oh, okay, well, th that's very nice. I said, may I ask you a personal question? He said, yes. I said, um, when is the last time you and your wife were tested? And it was great because he said, as a matter of fact, we were both tested on Monday. Okay. And so had he not said that, I would use that as an opportunity for intervention. Right. So when we're looking at women coming out of prison, I'm encouraging them, uh, go to the health department, uh, go, you know, go get tested. If you decide to get in a relationship with a person, don't be afraid, have that confidence to say, hey, before anything happens here, we are going to go and get tested together. You gotta love yourself more than you love anyone uh, else. And you know, people can sell us a thousand tickets for a nickel a piece, but we just can't take them, you know, just, just because. And so, you know, if there's uh, anything I've learned, I'm, I had my children early, and I, and I don't take it 20 years ago when I was sitting in prison with a white uniform on, this stuff that I'm saying today didn't make sense to me. I don't want to hear it. But, you know, as you go, you grow and God will carry you through things. So I look at my experience uh, as a blessing because I'm able to have compassion and understanding for those people whose shoes I have walked in uh, before. You know, and what I would just, and like I said, that's what I would tell every woman when it comes down to your sexual health, it, it's so important. Uh, it's so important for you to care for yourself and to love yourself and be confident enough and be okay to say no. And, and that's what this show is about, a woman's work. We are worth care, caring for ourselves, loving ourselves, doing things for ourselves, making, living a better, you know, a healthier life growing, um, making positive choices. Some of the things you talked about and things like you said when your experience, and I'm just so um, grateful that you shared that, that's amazing, and how those you made different choices and what you're doing now, phenomenal. And you're, you know, in a, in a professional, you know, professional now going back into the system and sharing your experience with women and, 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 and helping them to change and turn their life around and to do things, um, make positive, healthier choices for themselves. And it, it relates to just everyday life situations and, and their sexual you know, health um, choices that to make better choices for themselves to live a different you know, quality of life. And you know, in, in a, this, this show is about you know, African-American women you know, and providing information um, and awareness to live healthier lives. And so with the more we know, you know, we can learn, we can learn something, we change. And so or we do different, you know, as you talked about, you know, what's 
some of the issues after, I mean, African American women face when they come out of the prison system, you know, I didn't wasn't aware of that. And so now this makes me want to say, okay, we need something, some new things to fill those gaps because those that's serious stuff. And we talk about children involved, and you know, that's our future. And so, you know, programs or community organizations that, you know, as you talked about. AIDS and made mothers, but they're doing a great job with they do what they do. But you said there needs we need more of that. And so that's what we're here to do at One a Woman's Work is to, you know, bring awareness and educate information and make make us more knowledgeable. And so as a community, you know, we could as African American women, you know, you know, go out in the community and raise awareness and create support systems for, for women in these right. circles. So thank right. you. So, much. so you I'm just oh wow this has been amazing and um and Karen yes <laughs> where can I <laughs> where can our listeners go to learn more about MAO what you do and also to support you like you talked about you go out and do presentations in the community and say if there's a church church listening a church ministry listening to into this program, they said, "Well, we want to get involved. We want to support women that's in that situation. Where can they go to contact you?" How so they okay. Well, they can reach me directly at k turner at m a o i dot org. They can call me on my work cell phone number at 334-530-3138. or they can call MAO directly at 334-280-3349 and ask to be connected to a member of our education team. We have, uh, we cover about 28 counties in lower, uh, the Southern part of Alabama. Uh, so I cover Crenshaw County, Elmore County, Montgomery, Bullock. We have an educator in Atmore. We have an educator in Dothan. And uh, I would love to come out. Um, just let me throw this out there real quick. I know we run out of time. But August 29th is National Faith HIV AIDS Awareness Day. And it is a Sunday. And I would love for any faith leader uh, that is listening, or if you know of a faith leader, to please reach out uh, to me. Um, I'm so happy to have uh, this opportunity. And I know that this is just part of God's uh, uh, blessing because one thing I do want to share lastly is every job that I've had since working at A to Inmate Mothers, I have had to go back out into the prison wow. for, to, to work with individuals that uh, are incarcerated. So I guess this is just part yeah. of what God has called me to do. I had to go through it to get to it. <laughs> it is amazing because like you just, and you, you know, you're doing, and, and there's a need, you know, how many women you are touching, changing, you know, making them, uh, you touching their lives, and and they're seeing you like, oh, wow, she did it, I can do it too, and oh my goodness, this is like, like you said, God is amazing, and um, the fact that you're willing to openly share it, and um, just make a difference in the lives of another, and I just have to applaud you, and I'm sure our listeners are applauding you as well. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Glad to be here and so glad I had this opportunity. And I want to say this, as you talked about the women in prison um, and the work that you do with Ed Tutwiler, and I just want to say for women that are living 
um, with HIV in prison, they can contact MAO as well if they get out to get service, continue their services as well, treatment services. Exactly. Um, and if they're not going to come to one of our service areas, if they're not sure where they need to go, they can contact us at one of those numbers and we can point them in the direction of a service provider that's in their area. Okay. All right. Thank you. There we go. Women of Worth, there it is. We, you've had, we have received a lot of wealth of information and knowledge. We've been informed. And I'd like to just applaud and, um, Cameron for her courage to share her story and um, to the courage to go on and do the work that she does in the prison. I just want to applaud her again. And um, thank you so much, Karen, for coming on the show. And we, we welcome you back anytime if you want to come back and talk about, you know, the faith. Um, you said what day it is again? It's, um, August the, the 29th is National Faith HIV AIDS Awareness Day. Okay, August 29th. Okay, and you're welcome to come back and talk about that with our listeners, you know, before that date. Okay. And so we can get some pastors to get on board and have you come out and um, talk to their congregations. If it could be also, I know some churches are still closed. So you all, you are willing to do it virtually if, if they have that, you know. Most, most definitely. Okay, okay. So again, thank you um, listeners for coming and listening to another episode of A Woman's Worth. Um, as, as always, a woman's worth is being informed. A woman's worth is being educated. A woman's worth is being aware. A woman's worth is knowing how to prevent disease and have optimal health. Thank you for listening. See you on the next show.